Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Shockaholic Podcast, where I, your host, Chandler Bullock, am going to be running down a few things in regards to what's going on in the horror scene, what are my thoughts on it, and just, you know, a nice little filler for anybody who's still looking for those juicy episodes of the beauty of horror, but I can tell you that they're, they're not quite in the oven yet, they're not quite ready for consumption just yet, but I can tell you this recordings are happening okay we are about to go into the season of the sublime before we get there i do have a kind of ending episode for disgust that i need to work on and when that's done it's going to go live and then very soon after that the sublime will kick off and just oh amazing guests lined up cannot wait for you to hear who all i'm going to be talking to and what they have to say the films we're going to be able to talk about and the sublime is just such a wonderful emotion. It's actually what got me into doing philosophy in the first place. It's just a super, super dark, scary emotion that's also a lot of fun. That's also the part of it that I like the most. The sublime is like the scary that's enjoyable, uh, but it is scary. It is definitely stuff that overwhelms you. So uh, we're going to get into some pretty dark shit is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I cannot wait for that. So if you are a Beauty of Horror fan, which if you're listening to this, I assume you are, get hyped. The Sublime is coming, and it could not be at a more perfect time considering we are getting into the dark, spooky season. And frankly, with the world the way it is right now, we can all use a little bit of catharsis and shake ourselves in a more mediated way, I would say. So I can't wait for you to join me and my guests on that journey. But for now, join me on this journey, which is just me kind of just talking to you, (laughs) I guess, Uh, and uh, talking about things. So what things are we going to talk about today? Well, first of all, I do want to say a big shout out to Daniel, known as Daniel the Antifa Super Soldier on Twitter. It's at DJHASSALL196. Uh, for reaching out to me. Uh, he reached out through Twitter, and uh, we've spoken before. He's, he's a supporter of the podcast. In fact, you may, we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, maybe, maybe actually hear his voice down the road. Uh, but for the time being, I was asking for people to kind of give me any feedback they had on the format for this thing, see if I could make it at all structured in a way that people kind of really dig it, make it its own little thing. And uh, he had a really good idea which I will do at the end of this episode. And the idea is to give you a suggestion for a film that I think you should check out. So regardless of whether it's something that's topical right now or if it's just a film that I dig, uh, that's what I'm going to tell you about. So stick around. You're going to get a nice film suggestion from me. And thank you, Daniel, for that suggestion. I think it's a really cool addition to have to this structure and format. On to the rest of it, though. As you may know from the previous episode, what I'm going to do is we're going to have a short review, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of horror, a little discourse here and there, and then I'll give you a spoiler review at the end, and then I'll give you the suggestion for the movie. So what am I going to be reviewing today? Well, we're going to start off with a movie that I just cannot stop talking about, and that is the new Netflix found footage phenomenon that is incantation came out this year 2022 
As I already mentioned, it is a Netflix hit, and it is a banger of a film. It is set in Taiwan, filmed in Taiwan, and it is filmed in Mandarin, so it is one of the the subtitle films, unfortunately, for some of you, but trust me on this one, put that aside, and it will do you some wonders. So we're going to start with my spoiler-free thoughts on Incantation, and then we will get into more fine details later, and you'll just like the last one. It's not going to go super into detail, it's just enough for me to kind of be able to talk freely about the film. Uh, But to start, incantation, found footage film about, as you can tell from the title, something to do with old mythology, in in this case in Taiwan, and just kind of dealing with incantations and maybe just not messing with shit you don't understand, you know? Uh, So it puts modern people into a position to have completely fucked up, basically, and then they have to deal with the consequences. Uh, in this case, we have a mother who is dealing with a lot of shit going on. And it mixes so many different tropes from like J-horror and found footage. And I'm sure a lot of stuff that they are familiar with in Taiwan as well. That's more specific that I didn't pick up on. But I'm sure, you know, there's some culturally specific stuff in there too. Because it has a particular vibe to it that is just next to none. It's directed by Kevin Coe who knocked it out of the park with just the whole vibe of this film. I it first got on my radar due to Trevor Henderson was tweeting about this just nonstop for about a week or so. And uh, I had the pleasure of speaking to Trevor a few months ago. We hit it off quite a bit, and I think that if he's vibing with something, I'm totally going to vibe with it on some level. So... I had to see this movie, and I finally had the opportunity. You know, you ever have a movie where you're like, I want to give this the right amount of attention? That is what this was for me. I put it off for so long. For I think I put it off for about two weeks or so just because I could not find time to enjoy it. It's a decent length. It's about two hours. And uh, that can go long for a found footage movie. And I also could tell it was a really dark bit of like a thinker you know is one of those movies that really wants you to kind of sit and stew in it and feel and think and I wanted to be able to do that but if you follow me on Twitter you'll know that at my work things are not a hundred percent in terms of being stable right now we just have a few uh, staffing shortages going on and a lot of training going on on my end and just dealing with multiple hats at work and I just really wanted to make sure I was focused well I finally got focused I, I finally saw this movie and holy shit was Trevor right what a fucking great movie. I had such a wonderful wild time. I'm the kind of person, and the, so this is why I'm really excited for the sublime, for the beauty of horror. I'm the kind of person to sit down with a big grin on my face. This is kind of like, eh, kind of smirk. If you can make me really uncomfortable, if you can make me nervous with your mediated product, it doesn't even have to be a movie. It could be a story that I'm reading. It could be a little short on YouTube. It could be the game that I run for work. One of the things I love about that game is a lot of it is us just kind of getting into your head and making you give us that smile of like, I think you got me. I love doing it to people, but I also love having it done to me. It's a much more subtle form of terror and horror that is a very profound experience, and it's what gets me. I just love when a film just kind of like, digs into your skin and into your soul just a bit and makes you question everything that you are thinking and feeling. There's a lot going on in this movie. 
There are a lot of really cool tropes. I love the way they use the found footage. It is one of the most uniquely cut and put together found footage movies I think I've ever seen. Lake Mungo comes close, but Lake Mungo plays off like it's a kind of mockumentary. You know, it seems like somebody is profiling a situation for a documentary. This one is not that. It is. You ever see like I'm trying to think of a movie that does the same thing as uh, Incantation, but it's basically just somebody documenting what they are doing and kind of telling you a little bit about how it all started and like a good just messed up supernatural modern horror film it links a lot to our usage of media and how media connects us all together so you know think like the ring so there's always something relating to cameras and media stuff that's about as much as I can tell you without really ruining it. And honestly, that may have already been a little too much. So I do apologize if that's something that you would have preferred to have figured out. It's not a big spoiler of any kind. I just think it's this mood, this mood. I, I just already said it. Uh, so like this movie is just a big mood is what I was trying to say. It's got a lot of vibe going on, a lot of atmosphere and that is kind of the crux of the film, and that I can never really spoil, but I could spoil the details that make it so moody, and I really don't want to. But let's just say some of your favorite supernatural horror tropes are in this film. Some of your favorite found footage stuff is in this film, and there's a lot of unique shit in it too. So just the take that they have on a lot of these things, amazing. I think it's up there with something like Paranormal Activity 3, uh, up there with like Mungo. It just has this dreadful sensibility to it that had me hooked from the moment it started and although i did feel it drag ever so slightly as we were approaching the end of the film i think that's going to be the safest place that you can have a bit of a drag right you know when it's rounding off so yeah it's not as if the pace is 100 percent perfect by any means it's also not nearly as slow as one would expect for a found footage movie of its length it's it's really an enticing film that holds your interest. So I would highly recommend that you check out Incantation on Netflix. Check it out now. And I know, I know you might be eh, Netflix. Hey, I would have loved for this to have been a Shudder film. I think this is a perfect film for Shudder, but I'm also happy that they got some Netflix money and I cannot wait to see what uh, Kevin Coe's going to be producing here in the future because damn, if it's anything like this, we've got a really, really good horror mind right here, right now. Enjoy horror as it is coming out, everybody. So, on to the world of horror. And instead of gushing about Hellraiser again, even though I would love to do so, Jamie Clayton looks amazing. Please check out the photos. There have been more photos. Oh my god, Hellraiser's almost out. Holy shit. Cannot fucking wait. There you go. That's the miniature version of me freaking out about Hellraiser. I, and if you want, I'll talk about it every damn episode until that movie's out, okay? So you just let me know. I will gladly talk about every development of Hellraiser that I've heard about. But what I have to say about it is just, it looks like they're nailing it. Uh, and I, I know I'm getting my hopes up, but hey, that's just how I feel. Um, instead of doing something like that or, you know, trying to like really dig into discourse at the moment, uh, I actually wanted to do something that I think some of you would find quite useful. I'm sure most of you follow Fangoria on social media, but if you don't, one thing that they do that's really awesome is that they give you your streaming horror guide for every month. And uh, the one for September released earlier, uh, I think just last week, 
And I just kind of just kind of wanted to go through all the different things that you can expect to come to streaming services since it is now the spooky season. We're gearing up for the temperature to finally drop. Uh, if you hear all the noise again, um, it's still warm here. <laughs> so my fan is still going. I hope it's not blowing like into the microphone this time. But uh, I'm sorry if it is. I'm hey, when it's colder, it will be quieter in this room. I don't have a studio, I'm afraid. You got to make do, right? So as I'm saying, though, as the temperatures drop, as the sun starts to set at an earlier hour, we're getting into autumn and autumn brings delicious horror. So I want what I want to do is go through the list that Fangoria posted a few days ago and just let everybody know what you can expect and just tell you which ones I am most excited to check out myself. So let's go. Let's check the shit out. So we're going to start with Shudder, home of horror, basically. And uh, the list is, it's its not as long as it has been in the past, but still longer than everybody else as it usually is. So here's what's coming to Shudder this September. Now, keep in mind, this is not the list of what is going to be leaving, just what's coming in. So we are getting the 101 scariest horror movie moments, and I'm so fucking excited for this. If everybody, you know, if anybody out there who's around my age checked out the 100 scariest horror movie moments back in the day, I think it was on A&E or History. I want to say it was A&E that did that. It was such a fun thing. I was, you know, we were all pretty young at the time, I think, probably like 15 or something. And if you're into horror at the time, it was just a nice little treat because, you know, you get your favorite part of horror, which is all the scares, and you get to hear people talking about it. And I love that Shudder is reviving this, and we're going to get an extra one in there. So I, I imagine they're going to be updating the list with a lot of more modern horror films. It's been about a decade, if not longer, since the first one came out. Uh, so I guess, yeah, if I was 15, we're talking almost like 20 years here. So it's been a while. I think it's cool that they're reviving it. I can't wait to see the list. And uh, yeah, a little, you know, this is the nostalgia shit that I actually kind of like is when you can bring something that we used to do kind of traditionally and see what kind of update you can give to it. By all means, let's do that. I would love for more channels to also just bring in more Halloween content, you know. Uh, maybe places can start, you know, once uh, the lawsuit's done, maybe we can start getting shit like uh, the Friday the 13th marathons again. That would be awesome. Knock on wood, I suppose. Uh, 31, Rob Zombie hits coming to Shudder as well. I say hit. I'm not too sure uh, what your thoughts on that are. I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, but I also didn't really dislike it either. I just think that it's like, cool, you made what you wanted to make, Rob, and... Uh, yeah, if you're into blood and guts and clowny kind of terror, it's your bag. Go check it out. We have Bird Boy, The Forgotten Children. Shudder always delivers when it comes to bringing in some good B hits there and some schlock horror. Uh, I just love that they're bringing that shit in there. You got to bring in some campy stuff in there. Bird Boy, The Forgotten Children, a Cemetery of Terror. A lot of these films I actually don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing them. That sounds like it's a pretty old one. Um, I don't have anything up right now to like check them all out. I didn't feel like doing all that work. I just wanted to tell you what's coming up, and you decide for yourself. And what I know, I know. Uh, but hey, let's go through the list. Uh, it's got quite a bit, so I'm going to keep going. The Devil's Rejects, that is a Rob Zombie classic, considered by many to be his best film. I'm more of a House of a Thousand Corpses kind of person, but I totally understand the love for this movie. It, it's just it's a mean movie, <laughs> you know? I also think that what makes it really cool, though, is how it's handled. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you've seen House of a Thousand Corpses and you're like, I'll never watch another Rob Zombie movie again, I just want to ask 
If it's due to the mean-spirited violence, then I understand. Don't ever do another one. If it's due to the garish colors and the clowniness and just this kind of weird Tim Burton meets Quentin Tarantino in a meat grinder kind of vibe, maybe check out this one, I would suggest. It has a much different tone. It's kind of more like a grounded, almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of a film, but then with a bit of sense of humor to it. So check it out if, if you were more put off by like the, the Jallo-esque colors and stuff. Moving on, we have Extraordinary Tales is coming to Shudder this month. Flux Gourmet is another one coming up. Oh, it sounds like a movie about food. That sounds really awesome. Uh, Grave Robbers, which is a classic kind of trope to use in your horror film. So why not make the entire film about them, right? That sounds fun. Lady in White, another classic there as well. The Living Dead at Manchester. Well, okay, that sound, that better be a comedy. <laughs> I hope so. You could use more. We could use some more horror comedies on these platforms. Morgue. I love that that's, that's the name. Morgue. Yeah, you don't want to be there. Life Changer is once coming up. Lords of Salem, the most underrated Rob Zombie flick. If it was the lights and the Jalo-esque colors and everything except for the kind of backwoodsy Texas Chainsaw mean-spirited horror of House of a Thousand Corpses you enjoyed, Check out Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem is his slow burn, trippy A24 style horror film, and I will sing its praises. We've covered it here on the podcast as well. Uh, really, really dope movie. Uh, Mind Game. Don't know that one, but it sounds trippy. Uh, Nocturna also sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. Perfect Blue. That's a really nice one. I'm happy to hear that that one's popping up on the platform. Queer for Fear, the documentary. That is Oh, yeah, that's a very, very exciting program that they're bringing on to Shudder, and I cannot wait to see it. Whenever they uh, bring in documentaries to Shudder, they usually hit it out of the park. You know, they do a great job uh, with the way they craft these things. So I, how could I not be excited? Queer horror covered by Shudder? Fuck yeah, let's go. We have Raven's Hollow. Not too familiar with that one, but if there are some Raven's Hollow fans out there, let me know. Maybe uh, if there's anything that I say about, like, if I bring up anything and you're like, you should really check it out, uh, yeah, give me the suggestion. Let me know which ones I'm missing out on. We have Salam, which I'm super excited about. This is a Shutter original that they picked up recently to make it an original. Uh, I had received a screener for it, and I think I might, still might have access to it. I just haven't checked it out yet, but it's coming soon if it's not already out by now. But yeah, no, it's a really interesting take on horror. I love when you can mix like your more drama and kind of action tropes and then put them together with supernatural horror. Fuck yeah, let's go. I cannot wait for this. Uh, Sissy. Hmm. Don't love the title, but maybe that's the point. So I don't know. I have to check out a trailer for that one. Soul Survivor. Now, funny... <laughs> Funny that this should be here. One of the first horror movies ever given to me on DVD is fucking Soul Survivor. I have never watched this movie because it was a Region 1 DVD, so that means it was from the United States. But I moved here to the Netherlands, and uh, I already had a few movies that I bought myself, but then somebody bought that for me for my birthday that year because they just really didn't know what to do. And this is at the time when, you know, there were just tons of horror movies on the shelves that you could get for pretty cheap. And they're like, I don't even like slasher movies, so they kind of... They saw one and they gave it to me. And, uh, yeah, I, I've never watched it. It seems like it's one of those movies that was trying to, like, emulate uh, urban legends. So, yeah, time to check it out, I suppose. Since I can't watch the DVD, maybe I can check it out on Shutter. Uh, we have Speak No Evil. 
uh, I think that's a pretty classic film, actually. When I say classic here, I don't mean, like, 60s or anything. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a more recent film. But it was one, if I do recall, came around the same time as Soul Survivor. Trick or Treats. Interesting. I'm curious what they're going to do with that. And Who Invited Them, which looks to be pretty damn uh, creepy. So that's what you can find on Shudder. We're going to move to Screambox. If you're a member of Screambox, you will be able to see Terrifier, which, you know, uh, take or leave, I suppose. Uh, that's a very controversial film. I'm, I'm not a fan for a lot of reasons, but I commend them for making the movie, <laughs> you know, and, you know, support indie films. I commend them for making, uh, he, you know, a, I say hero, an icon out of Art the Clown so quickly. So it's a testament to the performance, a testament to the look and everything. There's a lot of good going on. It just, the film's just not for me. I'm not, I'm not really big on like really mean slasher movies like this. They just kind of bum me out. <laughs> Uh, but if that's your bag and you haven't seen it, I mean, fucking check out Terrifier because, you know, Terrifier 2 is just around the corner. They also have Snapper, the man-eating turtle. Now, that sounds more like something that we could use around the season. A freaking snapping turtle movie. Yes, yes, yes. Why has that not... How in the hell did we have Alligator, Orca, Crocodile, all those movies coming out around the 60s through the 90s, and I've never heard of a snapping turtle movie? Fuck yeah, let's go. Snapper. We also have Movie That Never Got Made. That sounds ominous. Could be silly, not too sure, but I do like the title. Uh, the Rise of the Synths. All right. Very curious if that's a documentary or if it's just a, you know, kind of a campy kind of movie. Uh, when the Screaming Starts. I have not seen this, but I do love that title, and I've been very curious for this film for a while. And then we have Zombie Ass, Toilet of the Dead. Again, how is a toilet, like, a zombie toilet just now happening? I don't know, but I'm happy it is. Uh, we're moving on to Netflix now. We have A Clockwork Orange is on the list. Uh, debatable. It's a very disturbing film, for sure. Debatable whether I would consider this a horror movie. I would just find it a very triggering film that is mean-spirited. But, hey, you know, a lot of your slasher movies out there are the same, I guess. I, I could imagine somebody could make the argument of, like, if you like The Devil's Rejects, how the fuck can you say that A Clockwork Orange is not kind of a similar horror movie? So, I don't know. Devil in Ohio, which I do believe came out recently. I've heard people talking about that one recently. Uh, possibly the worst title for a movie I think I've ever heard. I, I don't care. It makes me very bored just hearing that. But maybe it's a great movie. I've heard mixed bags of things. Um, I don't know. If you've checked it out, let me know your thoughts on it and whether you think I should check it out. The Monsters, uh, also in preparation uh, for The Monsters, I suppose, is why Shudder has been giving us so many Rob Zombie movies, because this is the Rob Zombie one on Netflix. Uh, that trailer, I don't know. Uh, that looked a bit cheaper than I had thought it would be, but at the same time, it's not like he's ever had a massive budget. Uh, and I guess we should just be happy that somebody got to make a Monsters movie. I am not happy with it being in color at all, but... I get it on a historical level. If you're a nerd for the Munsters, I mean, doing something in color and making it really tacky, it's, it's a really funny, bold thing. So I am amused by it, but I, I'm a bummed. I'm, I'm a bit bummed, that's all. I, I would have really loved for it to stick to black and white. But hey, let's see what they do with it. I can't not judge that movie until I see it. I think the trailer was just cut really, really badly, um, but that doesn't say anything about the movie itself. 
Uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, and Resident Evil Retribution are all coming to Netflix. And Vampire Academy. Wow. That's a movie I never expected to have to say out loud uh, these days. But there it is, Vampire Academy. So now let's go on to Arrow. What can you find on Arrow Video? You have Beyond the Darkness. We're going to speed up a little bit now. Bloody Moon, Cannibal Terror, Creepazoids, A Day of Judgment, Devil Hunter, Hideous, The House on Straw Hill, The Pit and the Pendulum, Shocking Dark, and Taurus Trap. There's some great movies on the list, but you can always count on Arrow to give you some really good deep cuts and to give you some classics that are just wonderful things that, honestly, we should be very, very thankful for having a home and being produced the way they are. So thank you, Arrow, for bringing out a lot of these movies on your platform the way you are now, both on streaming and on physical. Uh, Taurus Trap, especially, check that movie out. Tubi is now going to add Anaconda, which I swear, I, I swear I keep seeing Anaconda. Okay, Anaconda pops up twice in this list. It's hilarious. I'm seeing it pop up all over the place. So freaking weird. But yeah, they, they're getting Anaconda, Don't Breathe, Insidious Chapter 3, Jason X, which, holy shit, maybe the rumors are true, you know? I don't know if you saw, but Phil Noble Jr. did tweet out a photo of a private message not even a private message, a notification for a private message for Instagram that simply said, Jason Voorhees, and it was from New Line Cinema. That's it. That's all we fucking know, and I'm stoked. Get it, New Line. Do your shit. You were the ones who were making the sequels and shit. Or, you know, do your shit. I know that Paramount made most of those movies, but come on. Let's go. Let's go. So seeing Jason X pop up like gives me some hope. Maybe we're getting back to, uh, let's not do this dark take on Jason that they were trying with Platinum Dunes. Uh, I don't hate that movie. I just feel like, no, 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 no. Those first couple movies were that way, and I think it's best to stay in the da-da-da-da of it all. So, yeah, cool. But Jason X is on Tubi. Hell yeah. Mandy is on Tubi. Morgan is on Tubi now. Scream fucking 4. That's, hey, that's excellent. The Witch... And Wolves, well done, Tubi. Brought in quite a few cool movies there. A small selection that's been added to it, but a very tantalizing one. Then we have Scream Factory TV, just like Arrow, always coming in clutch and bringing out all kinds of wonderful films that would otherwise not have a home. And uh, what they're adding this month is uh, the following. The Hitchhiker, The Sadist, How to Make a Monster, King of the Zombies, Elvira's Movie Macabre, featuring I Eat Your Skin. Another Elvira's Movie Macabre, featuring The Brain That Wouldn't Die. I love that they're actually bringing out Elvira, like classic Elvira takes on old movies. This is, uh, it's very classy. I appreciate that. The Funhouse Massacre, Streetwalkin', Twice Dead, Day of the Dead 2, Contagium. <laughs> I did not know that movie existed. Fenderbender. Shriek of the Mutilated and the Unborn. Check out Fenderbender. If it's the movie that I'm thinking about, uh, it's a Dutch horror film about some fucked up people who do not take kindly to you standing up for your rights uh, to not be in danger on the road. So, yeah. can't. It's, you know, joyride, basically. Uh, and now we're going on to Hulu. Hulu is added. Anaconda, oddly enough. The Hitcher, instead of The Hitchhiker, we have The Hitcher here. Hostel, Hostel Part 2, Open Water, 
Straw Dogs, the remake of the 2011 edition, and Ben Helsing, all just top quality, big budget horror movies that's coming out in Hulu, which, you know, you expect that from Hulu that they're going to bring out more mainstream stuff, but pretty decent shit, not big hostile fan. Open Water, though, if you haven't seen that, if you want a movie that's going to make you fucking sweat and tense, check out Open Water. Moving on to Amazon Prime, An American Werewolf in London, The Blair Witch Project, yes, let's go, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, Double Whammy on Amazon Prime, Cabin Fever, the 2003 original, Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, The Descent, Firestarter, the most recent one actually from 2022, Goodnight Mommy, so the remake, the American remake that came out this year, Here Comes the Devil, that's a really cool one, I Saw the Devil, a classic movie right there, Juan of the Dead, oh my god, one of the best, the best zombie comedies ever. Call on it. Juan of the Dead. If you've not seen that, it yes, it's a subtitle movie, but who cares? Watch that. It's hilarious. Um, it's got some of the coolest zombie shit in it. Just watch it. Uh, Let the Right One In from 2008. So the original there, so Swedish version. Mother. I love saying it that way because the exclamation point. Uh, my Best Friend's Exorcism instead of My Best Friend's Wedding. They're also getting open water, so, I mean, you're getting options to watch open water, okay? Pulse, the original from 2005. Rings, so not The Ring, but Rings, the recent uh, sequel. The Sacrament, The Silence of the Lambs, that's cool. And Troll Hunter, damn, Amazon Prime. Getting a great list there, uh, definitely setting the tone for our spooky season. Now we have Paramount Plus has 10 Cloverfield Lane, Area 51, another The Blair Witch Project. They also have Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Love that they're, like, pairing these things together. Oh, The Craft, The Descent, and The Descent Part 2, and Zodiac. Holy crap. So The Descent and Blair Witch Project are popping up all kinds of places. And, uh, I mean, Zodiac and The Descent Part 2 as well. Mm. Mm, good shit. If you got Paramount Plus, I'm, you're getting good shit. HBO Max. Oh, HBO uh, let's see what you have coming in. And I, okay, uh, keep in mind, it, this is Fangoria. So we're talking about the U.S. titles here. I, I'm, I'm sorry if you're from the Netherlands or anywhere in Europe, UK. Uh, you're going to have different stuff. But please, you know, go search and check out what's coming because you want to get excited for the season, right? But this is the United States I'm talking about. Uh, HBO Max has cat people coming in, and they don't put a date on it. I'm assuming they mean the 40s movie then. Uh, but maybe they just forgot that this movie was remade in the 80s. But yeah, Cat People, which is dope and exciting. 1970s Frankenstein is coming to them. Los Espookies Season 2. So if you're a big fan of that one, yeah, Season 2 is now popping up. My Bloody Valentine, the original 1981 film. That's really cool. The Ring 2. <laughs> I don't know why, but just The Ring 2. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's awesome. The Vampire Diaries. It there it is. Oh, no, it was Vampire Academy before. Okay, now we have the Vampire Diaries. Village of the Damned, the original 1960 Village of the Damned. Holy shit, yes. I, I've seen the 90s one many times. Not so much with the 60s one, so that's pretty damn amazing. Oh, oh I'm excited. Okay. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair, coming to HBO Max. Yes. What a get for them, and what a place to go for we're all going to the World's Fair. I have not seen it, but I just love that it's getting so much success. I keep hearing amazing things about it. I've had opportunities, just was way too busy at the time. But hey, now I can just watch it at my own leisure. And I'm very excited for anybody else who gets to do that now, too. Let's go. Maybe we'll have to do a watch party for this. 
We might have to do that. And What Lies Beneath, coming to HBO Max, also a pretty cool movie. I remember renting that one. And then we go to Peacock with the longest list of all. Peacock is flexing really fucking hard. I think a lot of the things that HBO Max lost went over to Peacock. Are you all ready? Here we go. Army of Darkness, Beetlejuice, The Birds, The Blair Witch Project, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, Bride of Frankenstein, Brides of Dracula, the original 1992 Candyman, Casper, The Creature Walks Among Us, Curse of the Werewolf, Dawn of the Dead from 2004, Devil, Dr. Cyclops, Dracula from 1931 and the Dracula from 2010, Dracula's Daughter, Drag Me to Hell, The Evil of Frankenstein, Frankenstein from 1931, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, oh, they're doing the Meets movies too, fuck, okay, The Frighteners, yes, a big favorite for a lot of people, The Funhouse from Toby Hooper, always a good time to get a Toby Hooper movie, and especially one, like, Funhouse is different shit, everybody. Halloween 2 from 1981, so we're talking not the Rob Zombie version, but the original John Carpenter uh, written one. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man Returns, The Invisible Woman, The Invisible Man's Revenge, all the classics, they didn't put dates on that, so I assume they're talking about the 30s ones, or 50s, 40s, the old ones, not the uh, Leo Annell picture from 2022. It Came from Outer Space, Jurassic Park, The Lost World Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Three, Jurassic World Dominion is coming to Peacock this month. Land of the Dead, Mama. Whoa. Mama's one of those movies that needs a good revisit. I know it's a little hokey, but it is a cool movie. Mama, hell yeah. The Mummy from 1932, The Mummy's Curse, The Mummy's Ghost, The Mummy's Hand, and The Mummy's Tomb. All of those related to the original Mummy from, you know, the original Universal stuff. Not the Brendan Fraser movies. Night Monster, The People Under the Stairs, there's another great one, Phantom of the Opera from 1943 and Phantom of the Opera from 1962, love that they got the Claude Rains one in there, and Prince of Darkness to wrap things up, holy crap, this took a long time, I'm sorry, Uh, I hope you enjoyed the journey with me to go through this, but Peacock is winning the season, everybody. Uh, Shudder is right there behind them. As you see, Shudder's really good for getting a lot of the original content in. You know they're going to bring in some banging, shining, wonderful, eclectic stuff for you that you didn't expect and a few classics thrown in. But if you're looking for your old school movie marathon kind of stuff, you might want to check out Peacock. I never thought I'd say that, but you might want to check out Peacock if you want that. I I can't attest to the use of the app or anything like that, but hey, it is what it is. Okay. Now that that's done, I want to quickly go through my spoiler review for Incantation, and then I'm going to give you the movie suggestion. Uh, Incantation. So this is your opportunity to to skip ahead, okay? I don't know how long I'm going to be talking, so if you're too afraid, I understand. Then you can go. I thank you for listening. Now that they're gone, let's get into Incantation. Incantation, as I mentioned, is directed by Kevin Coe. It's also written... With Kevin Ko and Chai Wang Chang. I'm sorry if I mispronounce some of these names, but I'm doing it, okay? So the story goes you have a mother who is documenting a ritual that she's performing to help her child. 
And we're kind of entering into this basically when she's about to do the terrible thing. And so the rest of the film is told in a series of mediated flashbacks because she is a vlogger. (laughs) She's a YouTuber. So she does vlog and film things all the time. And she's part of a paranormal investigation team who are trying to get popular on YouTube. And kind of like in Midsommar, how the whole cast of characters get dragged to this event from the family of one of their friends. You know, it's like the friend of Christian drags all of them together and Danny just happens to kind of like go with them. That's what happens in the movie too. You have one of them is like, yeah, my my uncle and my family are very traditional. We can at least uh, go look at something that they say like a part of this tradition is like this tunnel that's so scary and we're going to go inside of it. So they're going to sneak in and do all that. But as you can imagine, it's all about being disrespectful to tradition and culture. And I like how they don't use tradition in the sense of like, well, this is just how we do it. It's like maybe just respect religious culture just a bit, you know, and especially indigenous uh, practices. And just if you don't understand it, well, how can you even make fun of it and get in the way of it? Maybe just be careful because you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's waiting. I'm sorry, I'm very tired, and I'm just going to be a little silly, okay? But point being, you don't know what the fuck could happen. And so I like a movie like this, where they're like, we warned you, and now you're going to have to deal with this shit. So the funniest thing I find about it, and I mean, in a, I'm amused by it, but I'm also just like impressed by it, and I love it, because it's really a cheeky thing for them to do, is they've cut it up in a way that it's not told at all in a linear path they give you a lot of touches and hints to very interesting buildup so that they can tell you basically what happened was so terrible and just traumatizing to whoever was around that they, they won't talk to me and it's in this camera. So we actually don't even see the fucking footage of what they did until like about an hour into the movie. That's why it's so long. The first half is just establishing all the creepy shit that's been going on all the nice stuff that was happening before her daughter started to act very strange, then leading up to what she's going to do about it. And so you can understand the weight of what she has to do in order to fix it. Then they start giving you all the flashbacks from before the terrible event that made that camera such a special thing happen. So they also give you a bunch of like documentary footage of stuff that she's compiled with interviewing people about things going to therapy, things like this, like footage from her therapist, you know, uh, who's like recording the sessions. And it's just slapped together in a way where you get to see an objective depiction of the events that took place. And it's fucking terrifying. It opens with the main character teaching you the incantation that is linked to all of this. And tries to make it clear that it's some sort of like protection spell and just you know go with her and you can manipulate reality and just teaching you the the thought process of this religion which of course this is we're going to get some big spoilers okay but which of course you find out that that dude's uncle and what everything that they were doing was messing with some really dark demonic shit they worship a god that is all about just destroying your sanity and making you hurt yourself in devotion to her which like oh i'm sorry i (laughs) i i do love a good female villain and i especially love when they're like oh and you're gonna worship the fuck out of me uh they have that here because it's a goddess 
that they worship and she's amazing it's one of the scariest fucking creations in a movie i've ever seen because it comes close to things that we understand and have seen before and just makes a real dark version of it it makes it make sense too i'm like oh damn oh my god um so intense so intense i'm getting flashbacks to this film but of course yeah you also find out that that incantation that you've been kind of saying in your head and been trusting her with it's kind of like a bioshock moment where it's kind of a would you kindly because she's just programming you to do it but apparently even if you think this shit it's actually a curse where you are basically asking to be cursed by this goddess in like devotion to her you offer yourself up for sacrifice it's okay come on in and rain terror upon me and make me feel pain and so she does and the only way to kind of fix it is to pass it on to as many people as you can so unlike the ring it's not like you can take away your connection to this curse and give it to somebody else instead you have to dilute it like like adding water to it so the more people who believe in this stuff and the more this goddess is spread and gets into the minds of people and is stuck there forever which by the way one thing that she demands of you is that you never think of your real name ever again you have to make a new name i like that too she owns your identity and because of that uh because of the fealty that you have to this deity she gets what she wants while also her ability to manipulate everybody all at once becomes weaker and weaker and weaker so it's a lot harder for her to really do anything but that's a good thing because she's calm and she just won't mess with you so that's kind of the situation that they're in because her daughter watched this video where they actually show the deity's face which is supposedly like the thing that's going to like trigger all this in the first place and then teaching people the curse just passes it along along very lightly you know so like the ring she has to find a way to save her daughter from this horrible fate that she's going through and has seen people go through so uh I like that instead of like, yeah, just passing it on in a video or some shit like that, the way they do in the ring, it's like, no, I need to make this movie and get it famous and get it popular and get it on Netflix so that I can tell everybody about this whole story and incantation and show them your, you know, face so that you can infect the minds of anybody who watches this movie. And now we all share this curse and thank you. You've helped her daughter. I fucking love when found footage finds a way to make it part of your reality that's why i was smirking and grinning the whole way it got me emotional actually that's the kind of storytelling that i find so special at the game that i work at i like to make sure that we are working with immersive theater almost as much as we are working with escape room logic so you have the puzzles that they have to do and it's all cool and well built and everything but i've made sure that the sequence of events makes sense and that your interactions with us are linked to your reality we're not gonna just stick to what we were told to do and think and say we can remind you of the situation that you're in but you're still in your own world and i think to do it in a pre-recorded way is something that a lot of films have tried some more successfully than others satyr is a really good example of one that's like the more you understand this deity the worse it gets that's exactly how this one works as well like you really shouldn't be seeking her she already has you, you're good, but who, how dare you, basically. So the more you understand, the more she punishes you. You're basically asking for pain. She's like a fucking Cenobite. I love it. The thing, though, is that I feel that although Seder has it in a nice lore kind of way, and it made me feel that way, 
I felt that this being a found footage film and her being a vlogger and somebody who's on YouTube and who's capable of making a production and talking to an audience, you could easily sell it to me. If they had not just told me who made the movie and given us like genuine credits, if they actually said that the actress who made the movie and that like character names were all the names of the people and they made her like the producer and the director and everything of the film on like a fictional level, I think you could have had a Blair Witch Project moment with this movie. It would have been intense for a lot of people who were like, they know it's not real. They know when they can see CGI in a movie. They know all of this, but they spend like the first freaking hour and a half just setting up how realistically this thing is put together and how human everybody in the movie is. And I mean human, human, not just how, you know, when we say somebody's human when you're writing, we're talking about, they're complex. They feel, you can feel humanity in them. That's because you're usually dealing with something that's like a cookie cutter or uh, just a cardboard cutout of somebody, right? I'm talking human in a way of like, you know these types of people. Hell, maybe they're excessively one-dimensional because we're only seeing maybe 30 seconds, five minutes at a time with these different people. There are people who don't make any sense in this movie. And in a way that I'm like, but I know people who don't make that much sense to me who act this way. And I love them for it. It's just how they are. So the characterizations throughout the film are just so well done. There's really good use of green screen and stuff as well. Because the, the daughter, of course, sees like a spooky ghost. And uh, we can't see it. That's why I compared it to Paranormal Activity 3. And the way they did that, they actually had the director just walk around holding her hand in a full green jumpsuit so that when there were moments of her getting picked up or whatever like it was just as realistic as a human being picking her up you could see how her hand was touching his hand and it i'm sure it's been done before but they just do it so well the actress who played the little girl like it's just it's so well done the only reason why i'm not mentioning names is just that i without looking at a photo next to them right now i'm afraid I haven't seen it recently enough to remember who would be who, and I don't want to, like, make any mistakes there. You know, I'm not familiar with everybody's names. Um, and I, I also think that it made it a very watchable experience that, you know, if you do connect with them and you do remember their names and stuff, it, it works really, really well. But if you're just caught up in the moment and maybe, you know, I know, like, for me, reading subtitles in general, that's usually to help me understand what's being said. So if I lose the audio of it all, I kind of just match tone to what I'm seeing in the subtitles. And of course you pick up names along the way and you, you recognize faces, but uh, I have a hard time just doing that with people who would have more Western names. And uh, I don't know that I would be able to rem remember better, but it being you know, culturally different names and me just not knowing, uh, I don't want to make that mistake. So I'm just making it clear. That's why I'm just referring to it in a more broad sense because I do remember faces and, and situations and stuff and the characters, who they were as people. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, there's such people. I can I could describe to you these people. <laughs> their thoughts, their feelings, the way they look, the way their voices sounded, all of that sort of stuff. It's just I've kind of dropped the names as we were doing this. Um, and I think a really good found footage movie does that because, you know, often either it's like this that it's in a foreign language and then you have nothing but subtitles to go off of or uh even in your own native language there's just so much shit going down and it sounds so real that you're just like hearing them at different 
volumes and stuff, then you don't catch what they're saying and it adds to the chaos. And if you want to do that and still give us that experience where like, oh, it's all going so fast, I can't really keep up with what you're exactly saying, you make sure the exposition sticks and you make sure that they're acting and the sequence of events that leads to the meeting to act this way are all so realistic and understandable and relatable that you have nothing else to do but just go on the wild ride and feel everything because you understand these people. So uh, that's very impressive to me. And, and to do it in found footage is just, yeah, it's something else. I've, I've filmed a found footage film before. Back in 2014, I acted in one called Vigilance. And you can check it out if you want to. Goodness. Uh, it was an attempt to do a kind of superhero found footage thing. And I played a film student uh, based here in Amsterdam. And I can tell you, it's very difficult to film these things. Uh, my skill as an actor is improv-based, so I was able to kind of keep up with it. But I could say, like, the intensity of some of the things you had to do, the ability to make sure that everybody was on the same page, and people coming from different, like, acting backgrounds and schools and skills. And it is so hard to get everybody on the same wavelength to act as naturalistically and be comfortable with improv and stuff as I have seen in this movie. That's what I'm saying here. Like, it, it's hard to be vulnerable in a found footage movie because it's really just cut up to death when you're making this stuff. Um, and, you know, you see that these takes are like 30 seconds, uh, two minutes, five minutes, maybe maybe a 10 or 15 minute segment uh, if you want to do some fancy one taker. But in general, they are about as short as you see. So sometimes it's really just get this little conversation done and it's a conversation that takes place after what we're going to film in two weeks like that's kind of how it goes uh, just a little insight into that it it's it's magnificent when you see a movie that plays this way because i can tell that whoever wrote and directed it is just as passionate as i can be when i'm in that position and i really connect with that so like kevin co the way you do your your work i think i get you a little bit uh you have to make sure everybody kind of understands that heart and soul really well so you always have people and that is probably why I am so high on it. Maybe, and I'm curious, Trevor, if you're listening, let me know. Is that what kind of got you to, other than it just being really, really scary, I get the feeling that it's kind of like that human element that you might be into as well. Because honestly, the way I feel is that if you get that down pat, it makes everything that you do successfully in a scared, you know, tempo or just iconography, all that sort of stuff, the, the vibe that you set next to that, will contrast with it really, really well. So that's how the horror gets stronger. This is one of the reasons I love horror. Anyway, this is how much I love this movie. I now need to be the professional person who knows when to stop. <laughs> See, I could go on and on and on and on. Pains me. I am going to start wrapping it up. I said this was going to be a short episode to uh, Aviva, who is editing this. And I'm sorry, Aviva. I think I lied and it came out really long. <laughs> okay, so before I wrap up, I do want to give you my film suggestion today. And that is the 1967 Soviet horror film, V, or Vi, I think it's V is how you pronounce it, V-I-Y. It is a traditional Russian folktale come to life. It's about a monk who's a bit of a, bit of a bastard, a bit of a lecherous monk, who is learning a thing or two about humility because one night when he is at somebody's house who's taken him in just for the night, after kind of forcing his way in, he discovers that 
this old woman who's there is a nasty witch who's trying to put a curse on him and defile him so he cannot go to heaven. They get into a scuffle and he ends up killing the witch. And when she dies, she turns into a beautiful woman. Come to find out, that beautiful woman was the daughter of, I think, a duke or a lord. And this monk, because nobody knows how she dies, of course, he's called in to perform her kind of ascension so that she may be blessed enough. But it takes multiple days to do it, and it's a very strict process. Not because he killed her, but because they just think he's like really good at what he does. And so every night that he goes to bless her, she wakes up. And she tries new terrible ways to get close to him and kill him out of rage. She's like an undead, horrible thing. Her death is what truly awoke her, you know, witch powers. And uh, it becomes, you know, a fight of attrition every single night. He has to go back and he's more frightened each night. I tell you the plot because that is the folktale. That is what I just told you. Very simple folktale. And that is the plot of this film. And it is a magnificent blessing to behold okay i just think that this when people say this is cinema this is cinema the practical effects used in this film are mind-boggling to me a lot of camera effects you know we're talking the 60s here so we're not talking anything 80s style no animatronics things like that we're talking maybe just <laughs> I don't know, just some foamy material and you have sticks behind it, behind a wall so somebody can puppeteer it. We're talking using the camera to make, or the film cell to make effects like a green screen kind of idea so people can float and do just weird, weird stuff. It is perfect for the season. It is spooky. It has that foreign touch to it. It's also dubbed, by the way, which makes it really funny. I love the dubbing on it. You can watch it in Russian. Uh, but I would highly suggest the dubbing just because it's so awful that it's perfect. <laughs> like It's just one of those where I'm just like, I dig this whole thing. You know, it gives you a sense of the 60s. It is a time capsule of a film. And it is one of the most stylish, stylistic things I've ever seen. And I really hope that we have filmmakers coming up that want to do more of this stuff too. Uh, we're putting a lot of the stylish stuff into the really dark and terrible um then we get maybe like a malignant every now and then, but I would love to see more of this kind of stuff too. See what you can play with with just using cinema techniques, keeping those things alive, keeping a lighthearted tone, and yet somehow being one of the scarier movies that you'll ever see. So that's why I really want everybody to check it out. I saw this on Shudder, so I do believe they still have it, so you can check it on Shudder. I saw this uh, when I was in the United States for three months, so that would have been probably like late April is when I finally checked it out. I instantly got the DVD. You can get V on Blu-ray at multiple places, actually. Severin Films has a region-free version of this. That's the copy that I got. So Severin, you know, they'll ship worldwide as well. It'll be a little more expensive for the shipping if you're not in the United States. Which, another option is uh, Eureka Films has a special edition that they have also released that you can check out. So that's going to be coded specifically for Europe and the UK, so... Uh, might be easier for you if you're in mainland Europe, but might be harder to find, actually. So just take a look at what you can find on the internet. But uh, I have the, the Severin version, and it's, it's a beautiful copy. It's the same copy that they have on Shutter. Excellent stuff. Check out V. That gets a huge recommendation for me. Quintessential, probably top 10 horror movies of all time for me. Okay? So please, check that movie out. All right. 
I think that is it for today. I have chatted your ears off for about an hour now. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great talking to everybody, and I hope you feel the love. But I do want you to remember one thing. If you hear something scuttling around underneath your bed tonight, it's not me. But you should definitely worry. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation. Horror.